Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So out. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Devil's Advocate, Robert Payne. Today marks the one-year anniversary of the death of Bobby Eaton. And uh, still, to me, a huge loss in the wrestling world. The guy was was uh, a class act in and out of the ring. So uh, I wanted to make sure I put a little uh, respect upon his name. And our other co-host, Kevin himself, Jason Todd. Hey, you want to hear something really good and positive? I'll give you something right now. Congratulations. Shout out to the winner of the first Royal Rumble, Axel Jim Duggan. This week completed eight weeks of radiation um, as the follow-up to his, I believe, prostate cancer operation. Things are looking good for him right now. Uh, if you didn't follow, if you didn't follow, go on like his Instagram or anything like that. He went through all his emotional spectrum on it. Took everyone through it. It was great, and it was great to see him ring the bell, leaving the doctor's office on that last day. So yeah, it was a very positive thing. Is this the second time he's beaten cancer? Yes. Yeah. It is. It, he oh. <laughs> He was very raw about it. Like he, he was very raw, just talking about it very openly, and you know, went through the first bout of cancer, then had a heart issue, and then this this issue came up, and man, inspiring, like just to hear him be open about it. So yeah. All right, and our other co-host, the encyclopedia himself. And gentlemen, we thought there was no chance in hell that the WWE would be under a new resume, but now the WWE is playing the game. Yes, we are. We what are, are they under? A resume. A resume? A resume. Or perhaps a regime? With uh, Jack Hager and... Uh... <laughs> And Seth Franklin Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Franklin Rollins. We're uh, all together. Not only do we massacre wrestling, but we massacre the English language on this show. <laughs> we, we bring it full circle for everybody. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Week week one, Triple H. Well, we still have uh, SmackDown to go tomorrow night for whoever's listening to it. <clears throat> um, but first kind of full week of Triple H. I thought, uh, you know, we can jump into it. SummerSlam, I thought, was uh, one of the better pay-per-views in a long time for WWE. Uh, I thought the matches were pretty good. The surprises were were um, were nice to see. There's something we hadn't seen in a while. The Brock spots were above and beyond, something we hadn't seen before. Uh, no one's ever seen somebody drive a tractor down to the ring and then lift it up halfway. Um, I love the, uh, the selling by Paul Heyman when he took that F5 and just laid there for 10 minutes. I was like, this guy is selling it 100%. Young Bucks, take notes. That's how you sell a wrestling move. I'm going to share. That's how it's done. <laughs> take notes. <laughs> but yeah, what, what did you guys think? We'll go around the horn. Uh, Devil's Advocate, what do you got? Uh, I thought, you know, look. Um, for the first time in a while, I'm actually watching WWE with some optimism um, because I actually think now there's some kind of plan in place. I mean, one of the first things like I say is Dakota Kai is back in the fold. And I never really understood why they let her go. I thought she was a somewhat interesting character, someone that they could probably do something with. She's decent in the ring. Uh, a lot of the people, uh, her, a lot of her coworkers were talking highly of her. So you can already tell that, you know, uh, Triple H is trying to right some of the wrongs, per se. The other rumors we're hearing is that we may get Sasha and Naomi back. And that making it sound like it's more like it was was a Vince thing at that point. And we all know Triple H can mend fences, right? He got Bruno to show up for the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, He's fixed a lot of things that have happened in the past. So, I mean, you have to really 
look at look at WWE with some optimism for a change rather than just wondering, you know, every week it's the same old shit. I mean, we didn't get any 24-7 nonsense on Raw. We didn't get any wasted exactly. segments on Raw, right? It, it all seemed like it had a, a plan. And even if it doesn't all work every time, at least you can kind of see where they're going. It's just not some shit show thrown together at the last minute, and, and it doesn't make sense from last week to this week. So there's really some coherence. Um, as far as SummerSlam goes, you know, look, my problems with the show, I had, I had three problems with the show. One of them is named Logan Paul. One of them is named Pat McVie. And um, and <laughs> Judgment Day, I mean, I I know we a lot of us picked them to win, and I think they should have won, because now that the Mysterios beat them again, like, what what do they have to do with this anymore? Mm-hmm. It, to me, it seems like it's Edge's fight. It's Edge's problem now. And I think it's funny that he came back on Raw, and he's like, yeah, I want to apologize for being an asshole, but let me talk about what we're going to do now. And I was like, <laughs> all right, all's forgiven. You're right. I mean, cool. You know, but... Um, I thought it was a good show. I liked um, the the Becky Lynch match. I thought it was good. I thought um, the main event was great. I, I don't know what uh, Brock with the cowboy hat just makes me laugh. I, I just don't get it, but I love it. You know, it's kind of like Danhausen. I don't really understand it, but I love it. <laughs> so I can't put my finger on it. Um, I feel bad for the Street Profits because I think they're going to split them up. And um, I think they probably deserved a, a run in there somewhere. And you might have put a feather in their cap if they did beat the Usos and gave them somewhat of a reign, you know. So, but overall, uh, like I said, optimism. I'm kind of, I watched Raw all the way through this week, which I haven't done in, I don't remember the last time. (laughs) Just out of curiosity, and I'm willing to give it a chance because it only benefits us that if if it's good. Right. Uh, Also, before we we go on to to, uh, the Reverend himself, um, did you guys see the mic toss from Brock to Roman? With the wink? Yep, where he no. put it, like, at his side, and then he just gave him a little wink. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty cool there. So, Reverend, what do you think? Uh, just to piggyback off that, though, I mean, have you seen a transformation like you have with Roman Reigns? clearly believes in everything he's doing right now like he 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 is 100 percent tribal chief when he goes out when he comes out through that curtain it's not like him trying to get over i think we talked last week about you know the difference between um watching someone play a character and watching the character and he is that character when he goes out there and he just he just runs with it but yeah, it's. I, I I keep trying to temper my expectations with this because you know it's easy to say, oh yeah, you know, ding dong, the witch is dead, whatever. It's it's very easy to get very amped about it and then look at everything through rose colored glasses, right? So I'm trying not to do that. I want to, but it's hard not to be hopeful. It's hard not to say, hey, this is different, just by virtue of who's on, who's in the ring, who's got a mic, what they're doing right now. So. Um, going back to SummerSlam, one thing uh, you, you mentioned with Dakota Kai being re-signed, that was big. Also, Io Shirai was going to leave. She wasn't planning to re-sign. And the fact, just that one simple change in leadership basically got her back in. And that's a big deal, too, because she's going to be, I mean, she deserves to be on, on that big stage. So that's glad to see Opening match, great. Uh, main event, great. Um, I didn't want to enjoy the Logan Paul Miz match, but I found myself enjoying it. Um, I'm also glad that Pat McAfee is a good, good enough athlete to not have died after he's almost slipped on, off the top um, turnbuckle there. Um, he's such a good athlete that he was able to correct himself almost midair and uh, make something good out of that, you know. Passable, I guess. Not, not one of his better ones, but they signed him for a while, so I guess you can see him try, try again. Um, I felt the same way about the Mysterios and Judgment Day, and I was big on that. What's the point of Judgment Day? I don't know. But it did give us a Monday Night Raw with more Rhea Ripley just dominating the hell out of Dominic Mysterio, and 
hey, let that be a thing for the next few months. I can live with that. You know, um, the the women's segments on Monday, great. From Becky's promo, basically reestablishing herself as the man, as a face, um, to just the melee that ensued with Bailey and her group. I mean, that's a division. They have a whole bunch of fresh matchups now, and I love that. Um, I didn't see the whole Raw. I saw that in a bridge version on Hulu. So I think I heard there was a Seth Rollins um, match with, um, who was it from the Street Profits? Uh, Montez Ford? Montez Ford, yeah. And I heard that was pretty good. It was um, good. Yeah. I, I, I like what they're doing. I like the triple threats. I like that the women's title and the United States Championship were two of the main threads of that show, and they were all important. And that's all you got to do. Like, make it to make something watchable. Make, make it feel like, even if it's not the top title match, make it feel like it's worth watching what's happening between those characters. It, it was fun. Just a fun show. Even NXT was a little bit of fun on Tuesday, although I still watch it while gritting my teeth. Um, it had a couple fun spots and some unexpected, an unexpected title change, and it had Carmelo Hayes, so you can't lose like, when you have those things. I, I, I'm very optimistic about what could happen with uh, the WWE programming their direction now with uh, Triple H clearly leading the way. He's already got his fingerprints on stuff now. It's, it's good to see. Sweet. All right, Encyclopedia, what are you doing? I thought SummerSlam was basically what you all said. I thought it was a really good show. Uh, Logan Paul did surprise the heck out of me. Um, Rob, the good news for you is he announced today that he's planning to box in December, so you won't have to see him for a while. So go ahead. And maybe he'll get, maybe we'll get lucky and he'll get a head injury or something. I don't think. Actually, the article also noted that he hasn't actually won a boxing fight. <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was funny. Um, but then again, I guess they're exhibition. So even if he did win, does it? Does he really win? I don't know. Does it really matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's he, he, he's he's taking he it to the bank. Right. Exactly. You um, know, if it was the other way around, if if McAvee had beaten. Um, the Miz, I might not have had much of a problem, but the Miz is like a triple crown champion, you know, and like Logan Paul beat him. Like, I could have handled if Logan Paul beat like Corbin because Corbin stinks and who cares? You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Encyclopedia. Didn't mean to step on you. That's okay. I'd already waited 20 minutes to get my thoughts. So, what's another two? <laughs> we'll call on you first next time. I don't care. It saves me the trouble of talking too much, which we know I do at times. Anyway, we love uh, listening to you talk. We do. Uh, we do. Uh-huh. We miss you so much when you're not here. Yeah. Well. Okay. Anyway. Um. <laughs> no. The the last man standing match. You guys pretty much covered it there. I raw top to bottom was actually watchable, uh, especially for a three hour show, which I heard reference made that. They've actually been three hours for 10 years now. I didn't realize we wasted that much t- time in our lives over the last 10 years with that extra exactly. third hour. Uh, yeah. NXT was actually pretty good. Um, my con- Here's my concern. I'm enjoying everything that's going on. Um, I-, I think this statement, um, for those of you that haven't seen this meme yet, it's Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai, and... There's two guys on the bottom underneath them saying, stop, my penis can only get so erect. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's an archer. <laughs> thank, you. Thank, you. thank you for bridging that gap. But yeah, uh, some of the memes were hilarious. My concern, and it's not a concern for me as a fan, because I'm getting what I enjoy more. Um, we're going to see some of the NXT people that were getting pushed down, getting a shot. Dakota Kai was one. Uh, EO Sky, under her new name, is another. Champa all of a sudden is the number one contender for the U.S. title. The only thing I, uh, my only concern with all this is I don't want this to turn into an NXT 2.0 where it's crammed down our throat so quickly that people get turned off, because the people that are going to get punished are the ones that have deserved the shot and have waited patiently 
for that opportunity, and now Triple H is going to give it to him. But the casual fans do not know who these people are. So let's. But who? Okay, so who would you say deserves the shot that has it right now that shouldn't have it? Like not... Bobby Lash, like Bobby Lashley, he's had the U.S. title for a while now. Like I'm over mm, his. He hasn't had it that long. It's been a month. But didn't he have it before that? Yeah, he won it previously. Yeah, he's yeah, won it a he few times. You know, I was going to bring something up, and I, you guys are kind of leading me in this direction. Do you think do they need, like, a TV title or something? Like, something for, like, a Montez Ford or, like, a Chad Gable, something for them to, like, win that kind of would, would be a way to start elevating them into the next level? Go ahead. I don't want this to turn into AEW where we have too many titles. A lot of people would argue that we have too many titles. That was another thing I did note, though, this week. Did you guys see that U.S. Championship video compilation they did, giving the history of that title? They yes. did more in, like, two minutes for that title than Vince's bookings done in the last several years. 100%. Yep. It reestablished its importance in one night. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, same thing with the ladies. I mean, uh... If your name wasn't Charlotte or Becky or like you weren't any TV time, all of a sudden now you've got ladies getting TV time. I think that's great, especially the ones they picked. Yeah, 100%. Rob's just hoping that the Bellas don't make a comeback soon. Can you also mention one other thing? Let's mention one other thing. Uh, I and uh, Rob, we talked about this a little bit the other day. Um, I felt like he'd been stepping up. He'd been steadily hitting a good stride for over the past year, especially with the or past two years, especially with the empty arena stuff going on. Um, but sun, Saturday night, Michael Cole was on another level, where I didn't think he had it in him to sound that engaged in what he was doing anymore. And I'll tell you this: if if, if if you're going to actually let him use some level of skill instead of just regurgitating what's screamed into his headset, I think you might have some good commentary coming up um, with from him, some really good commentary moments coming from him because he does understand kind of that WWE storytelling paradigm. And, man, he was on fire Saturday. And it was just it was great to hear. I mean, come on, for God's sakes, count faster. You know that there's like every so often, every show, every one of those shows, I would like to hear at least one line like that where you know, oh, they were on, like everybody was on, and it was everybody was into it, and that oh, man. so yeah, he deserves a lot of credit because he also gets a lot of flack, and I think he should get a lot of credit for uh, for the past while. All right. I'm with you on that one. That one, that's a that's a good solid point there with with Michael Cole. Like he's been stepping into it and really stepping up with his commentary game. And we all know he had it in him, but he's kind of watered down in what he could say and what he couldn't. But well, on like Monday too, did. I thought Corey Graves they kind of settled down a little bit. He wasn't so. Uh... Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. He's always like yelling and like carrying on. Like this week, he was a little more subdued. Subdued would be the word. And I thought it, it was it, it presented the sh- it presented well in the show. So you can already f- I think you can feel a general sense of excitement. Yeah, like they're they're in- they're energized. So I'm I'm really yeah. kind of curious to see where it's going to go down the line because everybody seems like they've got like a new lease on life. Like they're, it's a little calmer. I don't think they're making last-minute changes to scripts, which makes everybody insane. I think it was more generic, and I, and I was kind of excited about that. I'm with you on that. Encyclopedia, what do we got on the docket tonight? What else do we got? Oh, all right. I won't get my opinion. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to or not. No, I, I, I don't want to keep the show to go too far past the one-hour mark, and we're probably halfway there already. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it... We've seen glimpses of it with Michael Cole. If you go back to watch that Beast in the East card, this was we're getting that Michael Cole again. Um, Corey Graves, if you go back to his NXT commentating days when Vince wasn't running things, we're getting that again. 
it is better. I don't. I didn't mind Corey under the Vince rule, so to speak. I enjoyed his commentary no matter what he did, but I I could see why they alienated a lot of people, and uh, it isn't more entertaining right now. Um, that being said, I'm going to throw something out here. Does AEW need to be looking over their shoulder now with the way WWE's got all this momentum all of a sudden? I mean, AEW, I'm watching Dynamite this week, and I feel like we're taking steps back. There's no direction still. We don't really know who the number one contender is for the AEW title. The TNT title looks like they just threw a match together for this Battle of the Belts 3. Oh, wait, that's right. There's a Battle of the Belts show, folks, this Saturday. I don't know about you. I ain't watching it. None of them have been that great. But anyway, uh, the TBS champion... Jay Cargill, no sign of her lately. Um, the hottest star in AEW is MJF. The rumors are there's been no contact with him. Is So, bottom line, does AEW need to be looking over their shoulder, or is there, not, is there nothing to worry about? And I'll, I'll jump in here first. Um, I think it's time for them to really get shit put together like i feel like it's starting to go towards the early days of the demise of wcw where there's too many hands in the pot too many guys given their um creative input and not one head person like hey this is where we're going this is where the storyline is i know they've got injuries and they're trying to piece it together but it's really not good when you're not mentioning your top stars, when you're, um, you know, your prominent belts aren't really being focused on in storylines. I just, I just think it's, and they're still taking shots at WWE, like either be in on a battle with them or do your own thing. Like, you, you can't be half pregnant in that. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, well, when Jericho's still in the interview saying that they don't care what WWE's doing, it's like, bro, come on. Right. Even if you're supposedly right. in character enough, no one believes you. I don't think AEW has ever really been competition for WWE. Um, they don't have the market share. They don't have the, you know, John Cena, The Rock, they're still all running around. Ladies and gentlemen, the Eric Bischoff of our show, Rob Faint. No, I, I think it's true. I don't think AEW has established themselves as competitors yet. They're not They're not part of the, you know, when you go on Yahoo, it's all WWE articles. When you go on the regular news, it's mostly WWE stuff. So they have not permeated that tight. They don't have, they haven't risen to that level yet. So I don't think they're competition. So I don't think they, I think they should stop worrying about everything else and focus on their product. And I think it's two separate products. I think in a lot of cases, there are some AEW fans only and there are WWE fans only. And they just need to worry about their fans and, and their show. And the one thing I'll definitely agree with is they need to stop talking about WWE. Every time somebody brings it up, they should redirect right. and be like, you know, what? we're not looking what they're doing. We're worried about what's happening over here. It doesn't really matter to us. You know, we're our own thing. We're our own. They're, they're trying to establish their own product. And the way you do that is you don't talk about the competition. I mean, you you go on a an Apple uh, conference. They're not talking about um, another, right? They're not talking about Samsung. They don't care. It's not not in their view. So they should really, you know, when you go to a Yankees press conference, they're not talking Mets, right? So they should really not even be like, look, it's, we don't even know what's going on over there. We're not paying attention. We are really focused on being here and now and working on our stuff. So you know, you have any questions about them? You know, I know the number in Connecticut. I'll give it to you. You can call and speak to them. I don't know. I don't. We don't want. You know, we don't really pay attention to the show that much. You know, no offense to them. They're they're a great group, and we like a lot of the people there. But we're going to worry about us. So I don't think they have anything to worry about. They they have their own shit to worry about. They don't need to worry about what's going on on Monday nights because they can't. If they you put AEW on against WWE on Monday night, AEW would get killed. Yeah, I think so. So there's also reports that uh, Warner Media is looking to cut budgets and next year AEW is coming up. L- l- looking? No, they're cutting budgets. 
they're they're, they are kind of there was a, a well, I guess we'll go in the comic realm for just one second. There was a DC movie, Batgirl, that they were well into production on, and they just canned it. They had already spent like seventy million on the production. I think it was ninety. Was it ninety? That's just yeah. that's just insane. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the Warner Discovery merger also throws a monkey wrench into AEW plans. But yeah, Freddie, continue. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's another thing they got to worry about other than WWE. Yeah, I mean, that's a bigger problem. If they don't have TV, they have nothing. Yep. YouTube's not going to cut it for you. Yeah, the more th- I've been watching AEW the last few weeks, I feel like they've kind of gone a step back where they're, they become, in a lot of ways, their presentation feels like an overgrown indie company again. And there's a niche audience for that. Don't get me wrong as I knock everything over over here. There is a niche audience for that. It's, but as Rob said, they're not going to be competition like this. Well, you're a perfect example. Exactly what you're saying. They break up the undisputed elite this week, right? How much buildup was there for that? It seems like Adam Cole was back, and they decided to pull the trigger. What about laying in some more groundwork? Have a few more things happen, right? Have a, you know, have a. Because if I tuned in this week and I hadn't been watching the last few weeks, I'm gonna was I'm gonna think, wow, there must have been a lot of history to this, and there really isn't, right? So they they well, to me they messed that up. They they should well, they could have played that out. Well, now, hold on, uh, I'm gonna challenge it because I think that's something they have told over months since even putting them together as an undisputed. There's been obvious tension between there was obvious tension between. Adam Cole, and even the mere idea, the mere shadow of Kenny Omega, there was obvious tension between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. There was obvious Where? tension. So they would have them in vignettes even telling it, telling but that story. Not, on not, so not it's, overt, though. It's, yeah, it's pretty overt. Mm. Even, the, even them putting together the Undisputed Elite was them saying, we got to put, toge- put aside our differences and come together. So it's like, that's not a, I mean, it's, it, it goes from the whole idea of, do I like how they told it or did they not? I think they did tell it stronger than we're giving them credit. There's also the fact that uh, I'm, I've been trying to, I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. They, they tend to present their product in a, in a manner that fits in with the social media era and not not of a big business of a big corporation presentation within social media where it's just like hey we own this share we're going to flood the market and flood flood your timelines with it but they're they're doing things through through youtube through twitter through instagram and then on tv so if you're used to only consuming a product on TV, it's going to be difficult. And there's things that I'll look and see, I'll see clips of later. I'm like, oh, this is from months ago. Oh, they were doing this steadily every week. I just never saw it. And it doesn't necessarily work for me, but it seems to work for their fan base, which is cool because to, that, to your very specific question, do they need to look over their shoulder? No, because they have no business trying to compete with WWE. It takes years, decades to get to where that company is. I mean, because that company is the market. So you're not going to come in in a shorter order and suddenly, you know, change it. Just, just the fact that they've been on the air for three years is, I mean, that's a small miracle in itself. But they, they're still together. Um, but the only other company that managed to do something for a while, while WWE was doing their thing was um, Impact at the time. And, that, and I guess it wasn't Impact, it was TNA, TNA at the time. So I, I don't think they're trying to compete, you know, to steal audience or anything. I think they are still trying to push that alternate alternative or an alternative product narrative, and they're trying to keep build that niche market and build their own little separate world within it. Um, but they're going to tell stories in a different way than we're used to seeing. And 
time, only time will tell if that's successful. But at this point, we don't even know if it's fully working or not. We could just say, hey, they're doing it. Five-year, ten-year market, they're still around. We'll see, you know, what they're, you know, if they reap anything from what they've sown. And that's, that's how I see it. I, I think, but I don't think we can ascribe the WWE model to what they're doing. They're not gonna. They're not gonna meet up anytime. All right. What else? What else we got in Encyclopedia? All right. Did anybody oh, watch Flair's last match? No. I couldn't do it. No. I wanted so, to. No yeah, from Freddie. No from Jason. No from the Encyclopedia. But I heard about it. I've heard so much about so it. So I'm the only fool that watched Flair's last match. He speaks the and truth for once. For it. Okay, so, <laughs> um, it, it was a good undercard. Um, some of the matches <laughs> definitely were shorter than I would expect. Um, because for some reason they had to give Flair's last match like twenty minutes. I think it was like twenty-three minutes or something like that. Um, he came out in a shirt. All right. Um, which, you know, usually indicates I'm not in the shape that I want to be in. I can quote specific examples if you want to hear them. Um, I got an idea. Next week, we should do a watch along of this match. You should. It's very funny. <laughs> oh, that's um, tempting. Karen, uh, what's her name? Jared's wife uh, cursed several times. Uh, got all, got into, almost got into a fight with Flair's daughter, and it almost looked real to a point. Like it wasn't like, it didn't like a wrestling fight. It almost looked like a real fight. Um, By any chance, was that Megan Flair? Yes. Okay. Yep. Well, considering um, Jeff Jarrett is on the Conrad Thompson podcast network, so to speak, and Megan's married to Conrad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue. Um, Flair did not look good. Um, it's funny because there were certain points during the match, like he looked better than he than before. Like it, almost like he got a, like a little surge of adrenaline at some point, but his chops looked pathetic. It looked like you were fighting a seventy-year-old man. Imagine fighting a seventy-year-old man. It, 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 you know, I can suspend disbelief to a certain point, and you know, I, I try to remember. This is Ric Flair we're talking about, who I used to absolutely adore, but, um, it, you know, I don't know why they just didn't give it a, a, a five-minute. You know, like they, he had to bleed and they had, you know, they had to draw everything out and Jarrett, you know, like they wasted a lot of time. Like at one point, like Jarrett walked almost all the way back to the dressing room and then he came back. They were just killing time like nobody's business. Hey, bro, um, I can't wait to watch along with this. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're doing this. Next I, week. Watch this, this um, freaking Jason, the, I, I don't want to spoil it. And so I'll try not to say it, but I heard that there's a spot in that match. They involved a bit of acting from Ric Flair, and that it was so over the top that it was kind of enjoyable, but not not good. I don't know exactly what spot you're referring because there was a lot of acting. Oh my god! I mean, they were had they had to act like Flair's chops hurt. I mean, at one point, like he couldn't even get his arm like over his like high enough. Like he was kind of doing like this. And I was like, that, that, no, you know, like, come on. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know why they just didn't, you know, and, and of course he had to use Brendan's press knuckles and, you know, it was a whole, it was, it was very, um, there was a lot going on. And I thought, um, some of the earlier matches like the Von Erichs wrestled, uh, the Briscoe brothers and that match was re really quick. It was like five or six minutes. And I was like, wow, you know, I was I think I said to Jason, the MLW guys really kind of got the short end of the stick on this show because they all lost. So while they were well represented, they weren't represented as winners. So um, I don't know. It was it was it was what it was, is all I can say to you. Um, it was exactly what you think it is. It was not a great match. Um, I can definitely say Andrade has some affection for Ric Flair. You can definitely tell he was protecting him. And like tried to make sure 
like he got his accolades and like it was that was interesting to see because I've never seen the two of them interact. So you can tell he's playing the good son-in-law. Um, but like Jeff Jarrett and 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 Jay Lethal are in way better shape and looked a lot better. Like that, it should have been a squash, you know. And instead, it was you know, let's celebrate Ric Flair and and all that. But you know. It was what it was. I mean, it, it, if you wanted to watch along this week, it'll be funny um, to get your reactions. It looked better in the ring in their 70s this year. Ric Flair during his last match or Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. Or I guess I should ask who looked worse. We'll decide that next week. Well, yeah, we'll have to see. Stay tuned for next week. <laughs> we'll watch both matches. I mean that that should that should have been Flair's last match. They should have had him fight Vince McMahon because at least it'd be two seventy-year-olds going at it. Right. Did you ever see that Family Guy when the two old men, uh, the old man with the walker, or the other? Yes. <laughs> that's that's what the Ric Flair match looked like. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what that would, That's what that would look like if if it was Flair against uh, Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It it was just. Um, Let's watch it together, and you guys can tell me if my assessment is on the money or, or am I, you know, seeing things. All right. All for it. All right. What else do we have on the docket, boys? Uh, somebody put 30-year anniversary of Ron Simmons winning the belt. I'm going to guess Jason, perhaps. Oh, yes. Wow. That's right. 30 years yeah. ago this so, week. Can you give that's us a little context what on what your question is? Yes. So okay. So all that racist. What's that? How come you couldn't say that was Anthony? You're gonna say I'm gonna guess. (laughs) All right. So so for context. Oh oh boy. Anybody listening? (laughs) You're you're right, buddy. You guys and say, hey, I'm gonna throw something on here that could be controversial to talk about. Just so Can we hurry this along? My clan meeting starts in 15 minutes. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Hey Jason, he okay. didn't say this to you to your face on Monday when he was face to face with you, Jason. did he? Oh Jason. Jason, you know I'm kidding, right? <laughs> Please. No, the kidding. fact that you even have to say that. I'm just making sure because I I got to spend time with Jason this week and I love the guy and I want him to know that and I'm just playing right now so hey just talk me act- up at the meetings we actually meet stay, on Sunday stay away from his house talk me up at the meetings okay we actually meet on Sundays all right our clan <laughs> meetings are on Sunday <laughs> okay so go ahead, go ahead, Jason. bring us in here all right so taking it back thirty years ago this week. Uh, Ron Simmons defeats Vader and becomes World Heavyweight Champion, the first African-American World Heavyweight Champion in at least, I'm going to say, at least North American wrestling history. I I can't speak to everywhere else, but I think it's widely understood that he's the first African-American champion around. And I'm specifying African-American because... Singles champion. Remember, Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas won the tag team belts. So, heavyweight champion. Yes, singles champion. Um, And that's a big deal. That was a big deal for the people watching. That was a big big deal for the company. Um, And now, 30 years later, we've talked about this a little bit from time to time. And I'd just like to get your thoughts on where things have gotten to. Has has the, has the position of not just black people, but all, any people of color in wrestling, how has that evolved to certain points? Because I've seen some great strides in the last couple of years, but, you know, there's always been that thing about carrying the main title. And I see, uh, before you have to get off to to your next uh, <laughs> gathering there, Rob. <laughs> yeah, um, on yes. a serious note, um, I... I I think it's gotten better, but I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And my two examples I will point to are um, Kofi Kingston and Big E. 
right? Both of them elevated to world championship status and then immediately downgraded with their reigns. Um, poorly, might add. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, they right? Like I mean, I mean, um, yeah. Kofi, Kofi was like, it was like the, it was all great till he got the belt, and then they, then they decided, you know, they weren't going to give him the proper respect. Like, if you're going to give a man a title reign, you got to let him beat people. That's always the problem I had with Rey Mysterio when they gave him the world title. Then he started losing everybody. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why bother then. Why not? If you're going to sell, have the man, you know, you're going to give him the title. Great. Give him a respectable reign out of it. I mean, Big E at least deserved. I mean, all the time he's put in and the effort he put in, he deserved a decent reign, not the one that they gave him. Um. But on the other hand, you have someone like Bobby Lashley and you have Jade Cargill or get, you know, it's so it's moving. The, the needle's moving, but I'm not really sure it's moving as far as it could go. I mean, the Samoan wrestlers, um, island wrestlers, you know, those types of people seem to be doing all right. But they're but they're kind of almost like the fabric of wrestling. Right. So I, I don't think and and. uh as far as like Spanish and Mexican and stuff like that, they're you know they could even, they could complain a lot about wrestling because they're really not. When when's the last Mexican or Spanish world champion have we had? I don't I don't even know, right? right? Rey Mysterio, Guerrero. I guess. Del Rio. Or Del Rio, Del Rio. yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's saying WWE. And again, we're saying we can look a lot to WWE because that's the biggest company out there. Right. But then if you look at AEW, look at their world champions. Who have they been? All white guys, right? Yeah. I think I think we may get a change now that Vince is out. I think Triple H may um, move it in a more diverse direction. Uh, we saw with NXT where guys like Biggie will get title reigns, where the Street Profits had their title reigns down there, like uh, Sasha. You know, well, that was happening on that level. Now that he's on the main roster. I think the next African-American world champion we're going to see is probably going to be Montez Ford. I don't think it'll be Bobby Lashley. I think we'll get Montez Ford will be the next WWE African-American singles champion. I don't know when, but I'd say within the next three to five years, I can see that happening. It's an interesting uh, thought about that. Encyclopedia, what do you think? I I don't know how to say this because this is going to come across as uncomfortable. I think. Um, that I put it there. Yeah, I think it's a white privilege thing for me. I never. I got really, a I got a hood waiting for you. Go ahead. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I it's a white privilege thing. I Jason, you've actually educated me quite a bit since you joined this podcast. I did not realize or look at it that way, and I don't know if I'll ever fully. Uh, understand it or appreciate it the same way because of that white privilege thing, and that's that's my honest answer. What do you mean by that? Uh, exactly. I didn't. Uh, the lack of uh, colored people w- wearing championships never really dawned on me. I never looked at it that way. I mean, in my mind, and this goes in business as well. Uh, whoever's the most qualified, uh, I think, deserves that. You know whether it be champion or promotion or what have you. So I never really looked at it as, as a color thing, I guess. I don't know. If, if the, That's this is why when I saw this topic, I was like, oh, God, I'm really going to sound bad on this one. But that, that's my honest assessment. I never I, – I'm still learning. Let's put it that way. Well, let me, let me pose this. Um, okay. I think in this, in wrestling, in most entertainment, I, I think we've all used the term at one point or another, that person, you know, kind of, or for lack of a better word, that person resonated, that character resonated with me, and, you know, that person had a connection with that character or whatever. And, um, I think that there's an idea that certain certain people aren't going to be able to have that connection with the majority audience, and I mean, come on, this is the United States of America, and so the majority of your audience is one demographic. And okay, fine. And I, I think to your point about privilege, yes, there's been cases, very blatant cases, where certain 
people have not been allowed to fail, and so others have had the ability to just fail upwards into a better position. Um, but I think we could go across the board and see where that kind of thing has happened with anybody in wrestling. We saw it with, with Punk early on in the company uh, in his first title reign, which was a joke. Um, we saw it with Cesaro never quite getting over. And we even had this discussion kind of a little bit when it came to Cesaro and Gresham over in Ring of Honor uh, a couple of weeks, from a couple of weeks ago. Um, but at the same time, it's never that it's never that simple. I mean, you had Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks put on one of the better WrestleMania main events and in a high profile. You had Bianca Belair again in the main event with uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, going over and being treated like a star. And Sasha Banks, until the recent things that went on with her and Naomi, being treated like a star. Um, so you could see there's some shift in certain things. You had Asuka at one point treated like the dominant star that she should be in the company. But then, you know, going to WrestleMania and losing. You had Shinsuke win a Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania and lose and then get kind of just thrown down the card unceremoniously. Um, I, I think with Triple H, he's all about talent and ability. And you see that he's looking at different, in different places and looking at different faces, but not, not approaching it with, I think, the prejudice we all have. You know, in terms of he's looking at what's the best thing, what's the best, who's the best person for the product all around. AEW, we heard these stories from uh, Big Swole, and she said there was improvement, but there were some things she noticed while she was at the company. And, and as is our tendency, you know, once the subject ever comes up, everybody gets very angry and, and defensive. And instead of looking at the issue. And I think what you're going to have now um, with, with Triple H leading, you know, leading the charge, I think with some of the building they're doing in AEW with that mid-card coming up, because they have some mid-card guys who are, they're really trying to elevate, uh, it seems, I think you're starting to see the face of the product evolve. And it's going to be a little more. So, I, I mean, optimistic. I'm always optimistic. Question for you guys. Well, when do you think we're going to have an openly gay world champion, and which which uh, company do you think will have it first? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's a good question. Because we have yet to have an openly gay world champion, man or woman, right? As far as I can know. Um, and it's weird part is we've had a, a trans champion, right, in Nyla Rose first before we had an openly gay world heavyweight champion. So I'm curious, you got what your thoughts, what organization and how long before? Anybody can I'd jump say, in. I'd say probably AEW. Uh, I don't know if WWE would do it. I know they're trying to steer in like a more inclusive. Um, well, no, scratch that. Um, I'll go with WWE. I can see them having a, uh, like a Sonya Deville being a, one of the world champions. And we all know that she's openly gay. So. One of the acclaimed well, is, one of the guys in the acclaimed is gay, correct? Anthony Bowens. Yes. Um, and that actually brings up Darren Young was a tag team champion. But I can't remember if that was before or after. Singles, but yeah, well, okay, he's, that's he a good example. After, yeah. A good example. I forgot about him. But like, like, like we mentioned, he came out after he left WWE. I don't think he came out while he was still there. I'm not sure. Uh, I can't remember if they knew he was gay or not. Darren Young? Yeah. I think they knew it happened while he was there. It was while he was there that he came out. Was it? But it I, might have I been... remember that, and I remember all of a sudden you 
you were getting reactions from like Seth Rollins and Randy Orton, and they were all just like, "Whoa!" Like, oh, right. Just hear right. this because I think well, he came out on the red carpet. But that was the that's my was that I think the red carpet was after they gave he had a tag team title reign. It wasn't as yes. commonly known. I think you're right. Um, I think Canyon was one. That came out after the fact. Oh, um, I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking on. Yes, I'm checking Wiki. The nickname is back. Uh, Orlando <laughs> Jordan. Yay. Orlando <laughs> Jordan hadn't really come out, but that's you know. All right, Orlando Jordan too. Yeah. You know who I'm thinking it might you might see this with, and I'm thinking in the men's division more. Although in the women's division, hey, let's throw a name out there: Shayna Baszler. Who should be the most dominant, and she's not. She's on that that group, that LGBTQ group, I believe. So you're not gonna. I'm not gonna say she's in one specific one of those letters, but she's in that group. Um, I just saw yeah, that online, but I didn't style. realize that it even come out, like, or that she's ever hinted at that. What that she's what. That is it. That she supports the group, or she she talked about it back as as far back as like 2013. She's been pretty open about her sexuality. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought it was known that she was gay. I think she's so, bisexual. So why the hell did we rip on Stevie G when he was talking about being in the room when she was hooking up with a with the dude? We should have been ripping him a new Stevie one. Stevie G. <laughs> then it was easy. <laughs> I'll throw a company out at you. If they're still around uh, for a long time. Uh, Impact. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that happen on Impact. See, and here's... Make some news, but the question is, are they going to do it because it's the best person to hold the title? That, that was going to be my point. Is is it, yeah. Impact has a small enough audience as it is, and, and forgive me for saying this, but that could alienate the rest of their people if they don't pick the right, right. person. If they're just doing it because... You know, if it's a natural progression, this person's a really good wrestler. Then, you know, God bless them. Good for them. But if they're just doing it to create headlines, it really will set it set everything back. It's everything back. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. It's got to be the right person under the right circumstance. You know, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, there's also that fear of because it's wrestling. Everything's kind of exaggerated and, and glorified to a point, and I'm thinking back to a story about Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and they were willing to have this story about right. a, romance, a romance angle, and they were both comfortable enough to do this on TV, and the, at the time, the company was like, no, nah, we're not gonna, we're not really comfortable doing that. And then they turned around and had the Liv Morgan, um, was it Lana and Liv Morgan? It was like some weird storyline tied in with the Bobby Lashley storyline, and they just threw it in in a weird sensationalistic manner, and and they talked to Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and they both felt a certain kind of way about it. They were like, we were willing to give this some like thought, and they just decided to do, you know, whatever. And so there's always that fear that, you know, you don't want it, even though wrestling is often a caricature, characters are often a caricature of something real. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it could go horribly sideways. All right, we got anything else, Encyclopedia? Or we we tapped out on? I I don't know how this came back to me. <laughs> on, I, on stuff for tonight? No, no, no. Well, well I have a I have a I put a topic on there I wanted to bring up. Um, in all the Vince McMahon hubbub of the last week, um, Daniel Bryan lost to Daniel Garcia on Rampage. Which dynamite? A, a dynamite. Dynamite. Sorry. Um, and it, it was. It's kind of been played off as not such a big deal, and I thought it should be. It should have been a big deal. I mean, he beat Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. Um, and, you know, it, it got mentioned on the show this week, but it was kind of like in passing. And I was, you know, it, I thought it was interesting that Daniel Garcia just lost to Wheeler Yuta the past Saturday at the pay-per-view. 
And then right back on Dynamite, he comes on and he beats Daniel Bryan. And, you know, granted, like they're playing this off as an angle that that Dan, I keep calling him Daniel Bryan, that Bryan Danielson is injured and uh, maybe came back too soon and all that. But and there were shenanigans. Right. But still, I mean, story. a win is a win is a win is a win. Right. And I mean, and and it, it should elevate. You would think it would elevate Daniel Garcia. Instead, it kind of was like a blip on the radar. And I've just. Uh, thought that was interesting i thought I, uh, one of the issues with aew is like something like that like that should elevate daniel garcia and it doesn't seem like it's going to you know, you know. i know that promo you're talking about because it was a kind of quick promo but he said some things in it that were kind of interesting and i had to go back and check one of the things he said is um and i think it was in the promo just before the match with brian last week where he said i've been main event in this show for months now and he has he's been put into that main event spot with be it through that whole um combat club storyline with the jericho society or anything he's been in main event spots and that was another main event spot um i feel like they're i feel like we're just taking for granted some of those guys they're putting in the ring with the name talent i mean he's been main eventing with um, um, Moxley and, and then, yes, then with Utah, Utah, and then with some other people, but then with Daniel Bryan, I think that's an elevation in itself, isn't it? Yeah, like but here's you're the thing. constantly in that, and now he's kind of insinuating. If they're smart, he gets to insinuate himself into that title picture. Here's the thing, though, Jason. We're always complaining that, that they're not promoting the right guys, right? And here they do, they go ahead and they do the right thing. Right. They finally have somebody put over, but then they don't really make a big deal out of it. And you would thought like maybe you wanted to open the show with that, like a little video package Mm -hmm. and been like, like Brian Danielson's a former multi-time world champion. And Daniel Garcia got the win and like and the, the, the announcers could have maybe put a little more stink on it. You know what I mean? To make it a little more of a big deal instead, it was kind of a segment in the middle of the show. And while his interview was good. It, to me, it just didn't seem like it had that the weight that it should have had. When you beat someone like Brian Danielson, that should mean something. Yeah, it almost meant absolutely nothing. It, it, it all, like, you know, oh, like, oh, well, you beat him. Cool. Right. I mean, to me, that that should have that like that puts him to me. That puts him in the world title picture. Like that's where that should be going. Right. Right. So I I think they're while they're they are doing on one hand they're doing the right thing by trying to elevate some of their homegrown talent they're not really promoting it the way it should have been promoted in my opinion it's like two steps forward three steps back well i mean two steps forward one i don't think it's three step i think it's one step i don't think they they took it all the way all right well then one step rob all right (laughs) but that's still forward movement which is Eh, it's iceberg it's it's it's, yeah iceberg movement fair um and much to that analogy that there's a lot more beneath the surface that we're not getting to see and that they should be letting us see so i I do agree with that is that growing pains for the company i mean still it's Uh one company i mean when when you you get when are growing pains end like at what point are you on your own flying and and you're you know what i mean like how many years is growing pains i mean it took ww 2.75 with a paragraph seven, <laughs> subsection three, subsection six. I mean, at some point, you're not a, you're not the new kid on the block anymore. Right. And if you are the yeah, new kid yeah. on the block and you're still making mistakes and you're not bringing, then you don't have the right people. Right. Well, that's it. Those injuries the next level. keep happening. They're going to have to pull the trigger on some of these guys. They're going to be left with no choice. You, you can't declare yourself the new kid on the block when your CEO comes out and says he's the longest running CEO in professional wrestling today in the U.S. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, exactly the problem. Who's who's wrestling Moxley this week? Uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Well, and that that was what I was you know, going to that, that young rookie Chris Jericho. Oh, no, no. Well, he's not wrestling him this week. He's wrestling him oh next week. I think Mox is wrestling someone else this week on Friday. No, no. Saturday he's wrestling Jericho. No, Jericho was on Dynamite. Jericho's on Dynamite. 
He's because on Battle of the Belts, why would you have your world champion fight? Mo- Moxley's fighting on Rampage. Mance Warner. I don't no. mean that in like in no. I just really need it. That feels like there's no buildup whatsoever. There isn't. There isn't. This is this well, is it. This is their audience. They're catering to the hardcores. I, they fought before, but I would rather see Garcia versus Moxley. Yeah. Well. I mean, because at least he's he should be of that that his character should be the one to just be like, hey, look who I've beaten. I can take you. Like I want to see that kind of stuff happen. To, to your point, um, the chaos that the controlled chaos that Raw had this week, AEW could use some of that control to it, where it feels like it's something building up. And I, I get what you mean, like with the Garcia thing, it doesn't feel like they're building a foundation with it. You know, like Jay Lethal beat Orange Cassidy this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jay Lethal's been around forever. You know, I mean, I don't know. Okay. All right. So I think that is our show for this week. We thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week. We'll be doing the Ric Flair final match watch along. Uh, be prepared Woo! for that shit show. No, it's um, more like, whoa. <laughs> I'm tired. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, my lung just fell out on the mat. Be prepared for that. We, we thank you guys for listening. D-Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter, D-Sports Frenzy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.